Hello, word nerds. Welcome to The Dictionary. This is the podcast where I read everything in the world. Uh, If you could share this podcast, subscribe to it, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DictionaryPod, email at DictionaryPod, what is it? DictionaryPod at gmail.com. There's a Google Voice number. You can call it and leave a message. I would love to hear your voice. Ooh-wee! Rate it and review it. Go watch it on YouTube. Do all of those things. Okay, last section of page 287. First for this episode is Court of Domestic Relations. Four words. 1926. It is a court that has jurisdiction and often special advisory powers over family disputes involving the rights and duties of husband, wife, parent, or child, especially in matters affecting the support, custody, and welfare of children. Okay, this sound effect for this this uh, episode is going to be... Oh, yes, it's sort of a ribbity, rib, ribbit, frog, ribbit thing. I don't know. We're, we're not going to do the typical ribbit, ribbit. We're going to do like a... I don't know. It'll evolve throughout the episode. The next word is court of honor, H-O-N-O-R. Of course, it's three words from 1593. It is a tribunal as a military court for investigating questions of personal honor. I feel like this is not something that uh, we would invent these days or... Uh, or is still going on these days. A tribunal for investigating questions of personal honor. I think they used to take personal honor, just honor in general, much more seriously back in the day than than they do now. I think maybe we need to bring this back. That would be interesting. Ribbit, ribbit. Next is Court of Inquiry, 1757. A military court that inquires into and reports on some military matter as an officer's questionable conduct. Did the officer perform some questionable conduct? And they're going to uh, they're 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 going to inquire about it, and then maybe they will take them to the court of honor. Next word is court of law. Three words from the 14th century, a court that hears cases and decides them on the basis of statutes or the common law. This is just the very wide, general, generic term of just dealing with stuff that we decide to be legal or not legal, and all the gray area in between. It is a, it's a big, it's a big thing. It's it's all it's all we we make up the laws. We say what is uh, legal or not. Some people uh, agree or disagree with the laws. That's why there's a jury. I don't know. It's complicated. Rip, rip, rip it. Uh, what that what that was? I don't know. Next is court of record from the 15th century. A court whose acts and proceedings are kept on permanent record. Permanent. Can't get rid of it. All right. Uh, trying to trying to evolve this uh, frog sound a little bit. Whoop. What? That's like a that's like a 
some sort of ape. Ooh. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to just do a ribbit, ribbit. I hope you kids are enjoying this nonsense. Where were we? Court of St. James. It's actually St. James's because there is an apostrophe S at the end. So the C, the S, the J, those are all capitalized. And yeah, James, J-A-M-E-S, apostrophe S. So you can say St. James or St. James's or just Saint James. That would be the more French way to say it, I think. Saint something. It is from 1797, and it is the British Royal Court. But why is it uh, St. James? It's from St. James's Palace, London, which is the former seat of the British Court. Next is Court of Sessions, 1843, any of various state criminal courts of record. Sorry, I don't have a lot to say about a lot of these because I just, I'm not familiar with them and it's, they're all very kind of generic. I don't know. I'm also really unimpressed with this sound effect. Gotta, gotta change it up. Next is court order, two words, noun from 1650. An order issuing from a competent court that requires a party to do or abstain from doing a specified act. So, I mean, as far as I know, if, if there's uh, somebody, somebody is doing something in court and then the judge can say, we need some order in the court. We need a court order. Please stop doing that thing. Although this seems like it's a much more official thing. It's an order. It's not saying order in the court. It's a, it's like maybe it's a form. I don't know. An order issuing from a competent court the court has to be competent, that requires a party to do or abstain. So it's like, hey, you gotta you gotta do this thing or you gotta stop doing this other thing, depending on the context. It's a court order. And yeah, it's not necessarily like uh, somebody's being all noisy where you say order in the court, but I think they are definitely related. Okay. Ribbit. Ribbit. Next is court plaster, two words, noun from 1772, an adhesive plaster, especially of silk, coated with isinglass and glycerin. And this is from its use for beauty spots by ladies at royal courts. Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's back up a second. It is an adhesive plaster that the ladies at royal courts would put on their beauty spots for its use for beauty spots? Would they put them over beauty spots or would they create beauty spots, these ladies of the royal courts? Uh, And it's silk coated with isinglass. Isinglass, I think, is that material, that stuff that's from fish bladders, literally fish bladders, and also glycerin. Yeah, we're going to have to find out more about this. This is fascinating. Ribbit. Ribbit. Next is, maybe you should vote on your favorite and least favorite uh, ribbits in this episode. Or just your the sound effects in general. Which one do you hate the most? Which one do you like the most? Tell me. Next is court reporter. Two words. Noun from 1894. 
a stenographer who records and transcribes a verbatim report of all proceedings in a court of law. So this is the person who is sitting at the typewriter. It is not a typewriter. The machine that they're sitting at, I think, is actually called a stenographer, st- stenographer machine, something like that. And the keys are not, it's not the normal uh, 26 alphabet letters that we've got. It's, um, I don't understand it, but it's the way that they they tap the keys, they put them in different combinations so they're able to type words much more quickly. Maybe they're like different combination of letters. So I don't for whatever reason, they can type very fast on these things. And they're they're very interesting to me. I would love to learn more about them. But um, yeah, they're able to listen to what's going on and transcribe it, type it out very fast. And verbatim means that it's exactly what was happened. So if somebody says, uh, a lot or something, they're going to put it all in as much as they can. They're going to put it in. And uh, man, that's got to be quite a job. You got to listen and type at the same time very, very fast. Okay, much respect to you, court reporters, stenographers. Next. It is courtroom. One word, noun from 1677, a room in which a court of law is held. That's what it is. The room of the court. Next is courtship. One word, noun from 1596. I wish it were a ship where court of law is held, but it's not. It is the act, process, or period of courting. And of course, that's related to, uh, if we go back, seeking the affection of somebody, maybe it's mating, those things. The Frogs and toads, they, they make the, all the different kinds of species. They all make very different sounds. So, the, you know, doing the standard, whatever it is, is uh, it's, it's sort of stereotypical. They got all the sounds. The coqui frog, which we had before, they had a very high-pitched doo-doo-it, doo-doo-it. Uh, what else? I'm just going to make up something ridiculous. Next is courtside, noun from 1969, the area at the edge of a court, as for tennis or basketball. What was the other example? Oh, I guess, I guess, uh handball racquetball you could have a courtside seat there but it's all it's all it's walls all walls all around so it would be kind of hard to have a courtside view of a of a racquetball game um so courtside i have never been courtside i have been close uh i don't remember the context but i think we were given seats from a, a bulls game we were very low down we were not quite courtside but we were pretty close that's the closest i've ever been but it would be, it would be fun to uh, have one of those seats next to uh, I don't know Spike Lee or whoever is got courtside seats. I'm just gonna hang out with you guys. We're gonna we're gonna have some nachos and popcorn and watch a game. Okay, let's let's now talk about the next word. It is court tennis, noun from circa 1890. A game played with a ball and racket in an enclosed court divided by a net. So it's tennis 
so it's still on a court. I mean, tennis is always played on a court, but this one, it's enclosed. Is that just what it is? Is it tennis with with walls on all four sides plus a net? Hmm. Maybe we'll post a picture if we can find it. Next is courtyard, noun from 1552, a court or enclosure adjacent to a building as a house or palace. It's just the courtyard. It's the yard for the court. It's the court that's courted because it's surrounded usually by things and walls, and it's just a yard with grass and maybe trees and flowers and bushes and rabbits and squirrels and things. All right, we are changing it up. That was the last of the court words, the last of the C-O-U-R words, and the sound effect is going to be... It is couscous. It's just one word. Noun from 1738. A North African dish of steamed semolina, usually served with meat or vegetables. And then also just the semolina itself is called couscous. Um, we, You know, this became very popular in America probably in what, what year would it, that have been? Maybe was it the 90s? The early 2000s? Maybe the 90s, I think, is when the rest of us started learning about it. But it's been in North Africa for probably hundreds, thousands of years, more than likely. Uh, let's see. So we, this is French, couscous. Couscousou from Arabic. Couscous, spelled K-U-S-K-U-S. Uh, also, couscousou. So, uh, yeah, and then we said, hey, we're going to change the spelling for some reason. I guess the French said that. Um, I remember there was a commercial back in the day. Uh, was it? I don't remember what it was advertising, but some there was a shot of some guy, instead of saying, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy, he said, yep, I'm just a meat and couscous kind of guy. And I've just, every time I think about couscous, I think about that commercial. Uh, we, we eat this every once in a while. It's good. It's healthy for you. Everybody should be eating some of it. Next word. Rabbit. Rabbit. It is cousin. Noun from the 13th century. 1A. This can get very complicated. A child of one's uncle or aunt. So your uncle or aunt has a kid. And that kid is your cousin. In this case, it would be your first cousin, if that is if they're from your uncle or your aunt. 1B, a relative descended from one's grandparent or more remote ancestor by two or more steps and in a different line. Well, that got kind of complicated. But yes, uh, so let's take the first part of that. A relative descended from one's grandparent. Uh, so... Your the child of your uncle or aunt is also a descendant from your you share the same grandparent, so that's why they're your cousin. Uh, more remote ancestor. So if you go even further back, uh, everybody below like the the second generation of that that ancestor is basically your cousin. You have more cousins than you do anything else. 1C, the synonyms are kinsman and relative, as in a distant cousin. I do honestly think that every single person on the planet 
our, our cousins. We're all cousins. Number two, one associated with or related to another, as in the synonym counterpart. Three, uh, this is just used as a title by a sovereign in addressing a nobleman. Hello, cousin. How are you, cousin? I'm great, cousin. I'm good too, cousin. Number four, a person of a race or people ethnically or culturally related, as in our English cousins. So if you know your family is from some place, we'll say uh, Colombia, the country of Colombia. If you have family in Colombia, they are your Colombian cousins. Cousinhood is a noun. Cousinly is an adjective. And cousinship is a noun. What does the etymology say? Oh, let's see. Okay, from Latin consobrinus, consobrinus, that is from com plus sobrinus, sobrinus or sobrinus, probably sobrinus. And that word means second cousin, and that is from soror, which means sister, and there's more at the word sister. That's interesting that they chose to... uh, chose to take it from the the female side. Uh, that's not usually something that you see. So sister became Sobrinus, which is second cousin. Why second is in there? Why isn't it just cousin? So fascinating. Is there a word that's just cousin? Hmm. In Latin, I mean. Yeah, cousin, that gets complicated. I know that the thing that everybody gets confused about, and I still get confused about it, is once removed, twice removed, all that. So what that means, I can tell you this definitely, is that if they are of a different generation, then they are once once removed or twice removed. That's where the number comes in. So your parents' first cousin would be once removed to you because they are up a generation. Likewise, your, your kids first cousin or any numbered cousin first cousin second cousin doesn't matter that they would also be once removed because they are again one generation removed so obviously second uh, twice removed would be two generations up or down but then where it gets confusing is is are they my first cousin once removed or are they my second cousin once removed and uh or twice removed or whatever so i am going to just quickly look at this chart that I have seen, which helps to describe it. Um, And I, so I don't remember, do you have to, okay, so if you look at yourself, and then here we go. Uh, So, your, your, (laughs) this is going to be so difficult. Your great aunt or uncle's kid, kid is one generation up from you. They are your first cousin once removed because I think it's because they are your parents' first cousin. So they are your first cousin once removed. And then your parents' second cousin would be... Oh boy, this this is where people shut off. They just stop. They just stop listening. Anyway, that's enough. We can just... We're done with that. Okay, we have one more word for this episode. It is cousinage. Cousin... A-G-E, noun from the 14th century. One, relationship of cousins. 
and the synonym is kinship. Number two, a collection of cousins, and the synonym is kinfolk. It's a collection of cousins. Uh, okay, so let's let's reread the words. Court of domestic relations, court of honor, court of inquiry, court of law, court of record, court of St. James's, court of sessions, court order, court plaster, court reporter, courtroom, courtship, courtside, court tennis, courtyard, couscous, cousin, and cousinage. Well, I think I'm just going to pick cousin as the word of the episode. We're all cousins. Uh, I did some genealogy research back when I was in high school, maybe, and I found out that uh, I'm like 16th cousins once removed from Princess Di. Uh, so I think I would be technically 17th cousins with her kids. But that's the thing. That seems interesting and cool, but that's a whole lot of generations. And that means that there are must be thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are in the same position as I am and we're all related. So many more people are related to people like that that you than you even realize. Presidents were related. Uh, I think I found out be, same under that same connection with Princess Di that Mitt Romney was in there somehow. Like you, you think you're you're disconnected from people, but we are so more connected than people will ever understand or be able to comprehend. Um, I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. We we both stemmed from the same. Uh, well, the same the same person who shares my last name, basically Park P A R K E, who goes back to the. Uh, I'm trying to remember the 1600s. The first people that I know from my lineage came over to America, quote unquote America, on the Arabella boat in like 1632, and I think that guy or his son is the one that Princess Di and I share, you know, that he's the relative that we share, we stemmed off from there, so she came from one of his kids, and my lineage came from one of his other kids, something like that, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating, and when you do research like this, you just find out just how, how amazing all of this is, I don't know, I could talk for a while, so instead, I have to sing a song, we're all cousins, we're so connected because we're all cousins, although it's backwards. We're all cousins because we're so connected in relationships and lineages. Yeah, what a great place to end this episode. Uh, let's see, have I watched any movies? Yes, yesterday we watched uh, Parallel Mothers, Spanish movie from Pedro Almo- Almodovar. Where's the emphasis? Almodovar. I think that's where it is. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, Have we seen anything else? We're almost done with... uh, Maybe we're halfway through that show, Archive 81. It's pretty fascinating. It's a bit bit creepy. There's a couple of jumps that have gotten me. It's fascinating. Hey, that's the end of this bad episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.